Welcome, everybody. This is Tap Out Talk. I am your host, Brian the Hype Ballard. Back at it again. I had the privilege of going to the very first ever AEW House Rules uh, tour show in Troy, Ohio. Where in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. But no, actually, it was a really nice place. They hosted a really great event, and I'm here to tell you all about it. And we had the Blackpool Combat Club main event in the night. So without further ado, this is your results and thoughts. Let's get in. All right, guys, welcome. And I wanted to really just kind of talk about for a minute. Uh, this was hosted at the Hobart Arena in Troy, Ohio. These were uh, actual pictures of my seats. I was live ringside in a beautiful arena. Uh, it was about 3,000 people uh, capacity arena. And they sold out 92% of their gate sale uh, profits that they could make. And I will say they did a really great job of, uh, for their first time ever hosting a house show in AEW his company history. So I definitely want to say shout out to AEW for that. Um, so definitely it was a great time sitting ringside. And if you guys have never sat at a ringside event um, in a house show, um, I would recommend. You know, it, my ticket ended up being about 20 bucks, 20, 25 bucks. Shout out to my boy Todd for a little late day birthday gift. But ultimately... We went to this arena, and we definitely felt energetic throughout the night. They didn't feel cheap at all. It felt with the tunnel. Uh, they had the ramp. They had the lasers. They had the, uh, the Tron video. So they had everything going that night. But without further ado, let's get into the action in the card with the results and kind of see what happened. So our very first matchup that we had was all ego Ethan Page making his way out to the ring. And he would go against Sean Dean, the captain himself. Aubrey Edwards was our referee for the evening, and after some banter with Ethan Page in the crowd, uh, he very quickly, you know, after a decent little match, took care of Sean Dean, and after the match, Page actually continues on, and he issues an open challenge because he says house rules, and he wants two matches that night. He wants another match because... He said that when you take the O out of Troy, Ohio, all you get is try. And he goes, I would like to see somebody that could try better than the guy he just beat. So at that point, what do we do when we need somebody to try a little better? We send in Hook. Hook answered the challenge that night, and he defeated all-ego Ethan Page and to retain the FTW championship. So Hook jumps in, and then um, he ends up tapping him out at the end of the match after they lock up. But yeah, Hook ends up taking out Ethan Page. And one thing was fun about ringside, um, I actually started this chant tonight. And what I did was I actually started chanting one more match, one more match. And it was so easy. The whole crowd was right behind and started chanting it. And Ego Page kind of all blew us off and he kept looking at us. So definitely great energy from that crowd tonight. And so I enjoyed my time sitting with ringside with everybody else there. Up next, we get our second match of the evening. Brian Pillman Jr. versus the one, the only, 
Jeff Jarrett. Pillman came out high five in the crowd. Jarrett came out playing the heel role in this one. And Jarrett being a consummate professional, this is now my second time seeing Jeff live. And he does an amazing job. Holds a really good match with Brian Pillman. A lot of fun, a lot of interaction again with the crowd. There's a lot of interaction at the house show with the crowd at these. Uh, we started chanting Jarrett and he yelled at the crowd, I don't need your chance, I'm winning idiots or something to that nature. So at the end of this one, we do get Jeff Jarrett winning. Um, he goes actually for the to use his guitar on Brian Pillman Jr. And he actually uh, goes to hit him. Uh, the referee like ends up taking the guitar away, but then Garrett, Jarrett ends up uh, hitting him with a low blow. And then at this point, you see the effects that Brian Pillman had on him as Jarrett got the pin and the win here in Ohio. And that was another great one. And I believe on the other side of me was a um, Brian Pillman's family, I believe, because, you know, they are from that Cincinnati area. So it looked like it was a little home crowd for him. And it goes to the old show that, you know, a lot of times you sometimes lose in your hometown. If we continue on, we've got up next the women's match. We got Hollywood Haley making her way to the ring. Um, our announcer for the evening was the gentleman from Ring of Honor. And then we got Ruby Soho. Um, this one, I got a little excited because I seen uh, the music for the stable, the Outcast, and I had Soraya and I had Tony Storm. And I was all excited because I thought we were getting one of them. And I seen Ruby Soho and I was like, oh, come on, Ruby? Not that I have anything against Ruby. I like Ruby. It's just, you know, I seen Paige's, uh, Soraya's name, and I seen Tony Storm's name, so I got really excited. I definitely love me some Tony Storm. But ultimately, Ruby Soho came out um, a lot smaller than I realized. She's very uh, shorter. Of course, I am six foot three, so you know, I might be a little taller than some of these guys. But this matchup starts out, um, and then we go. They go back and forth, and they have a great contest tonight. Ruby Soho defeated Hollywood Haiti, and then um, with the one, two, three in the pin, and then uh, Soho then proceeded to spray paint Haley after their match. And so after that point, she grabs the can of spray paint. She uh, marks her, so to speak, with the green spray paint. And then Soho got on the mic and said she was uh, basically, there was an interruption from Blue Sky, or Sky Blue that comes in to kind of make a save on the uh, spray paint after that happened. And then Soho got on the mic and said she was saving Blue for her friend Tony Storm this coming Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. And then she bailed out. So we kind of got excited for a second thinking we were going to see Tony Storm tonight uh, since of the two-match format that they kind of were starting to do in the very beginning. But we actually ended up, you know, she bailed, did the very heel thing. So we will see Sky Blue versus Tony Storm on Wednesday Night Dynamite. Up next, we get Tony Khan. We get a visit from Tony from the crowd. And um, he actually comes out into the ring, addresses the crowd, just says thank you, says it's the first ever AEW house rules, house show live here from Troy, Ohio. Uh, Tony does a great job just addressing the crowd, being grateful. Um, I lead to my buddy said he is definitely no Vince McMahon, right? And that's not a bad thing, right? It's just Tony's a, you can tell he's a very down-to-earth guy and um, somebody that people enjoy working with. So up next, we have our Butcher and the Blade versus Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. And this was one of the draw matches for the evening. Um, they advertised about three or four matches on this card. You'll see that here. But basically, the rest was all a surprise to us in the crowd. And I got to say, I did enjoy that aspect. It was almost like I felt like a kid on Christmas opening his presents, not knowing what I was going to get coming down the aisle next. So this one, uh, we start out with Butcher and the Blade making their way to ring. And these guys definitely are in fit shape and are a legit tag team. And then followed by Darby 
and Orange making their ways individually to the ring. Um, I did get a low lazy five from Orange Cassidy um, as he made his way around. And then this match, you know, got started off pretty good. Uh, we get a lot of the hands in the pockets action that you guys are used to typically seeing with Orange Cassidy. A lot of back and forth, good tag action. Everybody getting crazy. And then ultimately, we do get uh, Darby Allen with the coffin drop on the blade. Um, and then ultimately what happens then, he gets the coffin drop, they get the pin, and they go on and pull off the tag team win. Um, after the match, some good interaction with the crowd. We actually had a younger kid uh, in the crowd that was uh, face-painted up with Darby Allen. He actually had him, invited him into the ring and actually held him up on all four corners, you know, with his arms crossed, imitating the coffin drop. So I thought that was just a great fan, young fan memory for these two to, uh, for Darby and Orange to give these fans. They went around, high-fived everybody again, and made their way out. And then that was the beginning of our first intermission for the night. And I'm going to do an intermission here and just say thank you guys for tapping into Tap Out Talk and like, sharing, and inscribing this content. It really helps me out on the channel, even if it's a simple like button. costs nothing. I appreciate you guys and the support. Um, hey, if you uh, aren't already, you know, go ahead and follow me on Twitter and I'll follow back and then we can, you know, talk wrestling over there. I want to say thanks to my uh, wrestle stable mates over at the fans of pro wrestling.com, the wrestling fans insight podcast. I got a link on my Twitter for that um, with Carlos and Heather and John today. We all kind of broke down some of the past week of AEW and WWE action. I actually gave a little preview of this show tonight there too, and talked a little bit about the fan experience and what it was like versus the action. So thank you guys again so much. You guys mean the world to me. Let's get on. So back from that intermission, we get Pat Buck in the ring. And a lot of you guys might not know who Pat Buck is. Pat Buck, I am being told, is a backstage producer for AEW. And out comes one of the trainers, a.k.a. wrestlers and talent, QT Marshall, doing the QTV, doing the crowd thing, really just interacting with the crowd. And he asked Pat Buck who he is and what he actually means. And you know he pumps over and puts over the Nightmare Factory saying how he... Uh, trained some of the best athletes that AEW's seen. And Pat Buck has mentioned that he's trained great athletes as well. Guys like MJF. QT Marshall counters this in his argument and says, okay, MJF's a generational wrestler. You, He would have been successful with or without you. Pat Buck went on to name other wrestlers. Among them was the acclaimed. Um, so basically it was kind of that match to give Buck some credibility here. Um, and why he should have a little bit of a match with QT. QT did a good job playing to the crowd, did a great job just being that heel and kind of really did a great job kind of making Buck, you know, feel like something to that crowd for the night. So I definitely got to say shout out to him for that. Um, so in this match, you know, the two lock up and then QT gets a nice little headlock on them as they kind of go back and forth. Aubrey Edwards again watching the action. Uh, Pat, or excuse me, QT Marshall actually gets into it a little bit with Aubrey Edwards and goes from cowardly heel to aggressive heel back and forth with her. And then on throughout the match, you know, we get some top rope action with Buck. Really, you know, giving a good, good effort against QT Marshall. And you're definitely thinking Marshall's got to take this win, right? But then the crowd was really getting behind Pat Buck, believe it or not. And then at the end, we get an appearance from Powerhouse Hobbs. And he beat the monster himself. And he actually interferes in this matchup. Of course, he's got his hands up like, I didn't do anything, right? But um, And then actually that ends up getting QT Marshall the win over Pat Buck. After this match, we end up getting 
uh, Pat Buck in the ring on his knees, kind of taking in the moment, taking in the action. I can tell this match meant a lot to Pat Buck. And, you know, I actually stood up and gave him a nice standing ovation. Tried to get the crowd with that, too, because I just, you know, I felt like this was a special moment for him, even though we don't see a lot of him on any kind of uh, AEW programming itself. So uh, definitely, you know, a little fun little match. Definitely, you know, placed very well right after an intermission, which led us to our next match that was advertised. And that is none other than Anna J versus Dr. Britt Baker. Okay, DMD. And Anna J and Britt Baker actually uh, made their way. So Anna J made her way into this matchup. And um, I will say with the Jericho Appreciation Society, and I, Anna Jay had my eye when I seen her a little bit with the Dark Order stuff, but I really like her being mentored under the Chris Jericho faction. Um, I was drawn to Anna Jay during this match as as you know a fan of the business, and I was really drawn to her as a performer. Um, she just did a lot of great things playing the crowd. There was one point in the match where she actually came over to me and got you know right at my face and started just giving me the business. I Honestly, um, I was a little, you know, not really used to that close of interactions. I didn't, I didn't know if she was going to kiss me or hit me, you know. But um, I just kind of like sat there, kind of laughed a little as she kind of pointed her finger at me. And I think it was a little bit for being cheering for Britt Baker a little bit and not her. But hey, Anna, I just want you to know I love you. I enjoy your work, so uh, definitely cheering for you that night, um, Britt Baker. I like her as a talent, but I do like um, some aspects of Anna Jay and how she, you know, was able to play to the crowd in this. Britt Baker, she's the crowd favorite, right? We got, even though it's Ohio, we did get a little Pittsburgh sucks chance. You know, you are in Ohio, but Britt definitely played into the crowd. We got some Adam Cole, baby, you know, and she definitely is the more known over talent in this situation. But um, both ladies did a really great job locking up here, as you can see, um, getting into the match. And then after all was said and done in a back and forth action, and there was a lot of in and out of the ring going back and forth, uh, they put on a really nice solid match. Uh, Britt brought out the glove with that lockjaw move, and then basically she ends up getting the win. Uh, and as the referee here is uh, pointing to her as the win, and it is Dr. Britt Baker uh, taking care of the patient Anna J in this case. And uh, that is the right move and the right win for this house show to keep the fans kind of happy. So uh, definitely, you know, we had some great intermissions in between these matches really quick. And they do live countdowns during the match, which I'll tell you guys if I at the end. So next was another late advertised match. It was uh, Christopher Daniels, the Fallen Angel versus Powerhouse Hobbs for the TNT Championship. And I've got to say, this is exactly how the TNT Championship should be used. It should be defended at house shows and it should be you know, used to kind of promote some of these smaller shows. Now, I did not realize that this show was um, advertised, so I was pleasantly surprised. I have enjoyed when Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels came out to the ring. I've been a fan of his work since the TNA Impact Wrestling days, right, with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. So he comes out to the ring first, and I definitely, you know, felt like I was being very treated because this was a guy that I enjoyed and wanted to see wrestle for a long time. So I definitely enjoyed getting to see that up-close action with him. Out next comes Powerhouse Hobbs. He looks like a champion, right? Now, it's very easy to write him off as a Big E Langston or a Big E lookalike, and I think it's the muscles in the singlet, right? He's a big guy. Um, I am a little taller than him, but he has got a big physique. He's way bigger than me in that sense. But he ultimately is, you know, a performer. He's got a good look to him, and he definitely knows how to highlight this title. So I kind of like this title being on him. 
Um, we get through the match and we get some nice power moves from Hobbs, as you would expect being a power wrestler. And we actually get, um, you know, some bear hugs. Uh, we do get some offense from Christopher Daniels trying to make the veteran comeback. He gets him in the corner for a nice 10 count with the 10 punch. But in the end of the day, it is uh, powerhouse Hobbs defeating Christopher Daniels to retain the TNT championship. QT Marshall was the manager for this match as Aubrey Edwards was the ref. QT Marshall uh, did a good job just trying to play the manager, trying to motivate his guy. And got in and interfered a little bit, but not too much. But ultimately, it's a, just another fun, great match right before our main event of the evening. And that was none less than The Firm versus The Blackpool Combat Club. We've got big, I'm not going to say big cast. We've got Big Bill and Lee Moriarty versus John Moxley. And the Ring of Honor World Champion, Claudio Casanoli, for this live matchup here. So in this matchup, we get out first, Big Bill with Moriarty. They come out. Uh, Bill is great on the mic. He's money on the mic. He actually goes and dresses the crowd. He talks at them very often. Now, Big Bill is definitely a tall guy. He is definitely really, really tall. Uh, so he walks by the crowd, um, basically talks to them does the typical heel thing about how people are trash here, things like that. Morietti is, you know, his side piece to him, right, or side panel, and just kind of, yeah, 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 as he walks around. Um, I will say, you know, shout out to Lee Moriarty. Um, I was there with my buddy Todd, who brought um, his grandson with him, and he actually, um, this little kid was like, you know, he was trying to, ironically, his name was Enzo. He was trying to get that high five from Lee Moriarty, and Moriarty, you could tell, did not want to break that heel character. And he, like, sat there and stared at him for a little bit. And then on the low, kind of put his arm and just kind of started, like, hit his arm and high-fived him. So I got to say, he definitely kind of won me over. Uh, that's a good guy right there, right? Like, it's a good, you know, human being. So, you know, the fans that are at these house shows, they're the real fans, right? They are the ones that, you know, support these guys days in and days night. So I got to hand it. And that's how you build future stars there. So good for Lee Moriarty for doing that. Um, definitely kind of won me over as a person there. So, uh, but And it didn't affect him playing that character for the crowd either. So he definitely did a great job as a professional. Um, out next, we got um, John Moxley and Claudio coming out um, through the crowds, of course, right? Wild Thing playing. And the Blackpool Combat Club has arrived. And then we get and we start off with Moriarty and uh, Claudio. And they're in the ring and they're going back and forth, some nice headlocks. Um, some good, just fast-paced action to get the crowd kind of built up, and I thought that was smart instead of starting with the big men. And so, and then from there, it did transition from Moriarty to John Moxley, and they got some good action. And the crowd pops for Moxley because he is the home crowd favorite, being from Cincinnati, Ohio, just 90 minutes up the road. So at this point, they go on through the match. Big Bill makes his way into the match, and these two actually have a little bit of a back and forth match, back and forth match, and then they get to a point where they're standing in the ring. And then Moxley actually tags in Claudio. And immediately, Claudio is one of the strongest guys in the world. And Big Bill wants to test that with a test of strength. And he raises his hand up. Claudio and him lock up. And by no surprise, Big Bill does get the best of the big man as he holds him down. And you can just see all the muscles and all these guys just ripping right out of their body, especially Claudio's back. And so ultimately then that match goes on for a little bit back and forth. And then Moxley is actually tagged back in. Now I will say this was one issue I had tonight. You can see here on the screen. Um, 
it wasn't it didn't happen until the main event there was camera people throughout the night they did a good job of really staying kind of out of everybody's way but for this matchup there was great portions of this matchup with this cameraman right here was standing right in front of me. I didn't superimpose this. This is actually right in front of me for a good majority of the match. And then here I have another photo. There was two of them right there filming this match, right? And they were not moving or trying to even think about the crowd behind them. So that did make it tough. And I mean, I could have stood up and still like seen over them, but I didn't want to like stand up and then the people behind me because they paid their money for tickets too. So I didn't want to like ruin the event for them. But as I was trying to look around these camera guys, so that might be something to fix on a future house show is, you know, camera placement and placement of those guys. The guys in the earlier, um, they actually stayed back, you know, more by the ring post, you know, and tried to film around there. But ultimately the match continued. And then later on, we eventually get some blood because I will confirm that John Moxley does bleed at house shows. So that was found out tonight. His earring actually got ripped out of his ear. And um, it went on through that. And then later in the match, you actually get Big Bill who bit his ear that was already bloodied. And just to add to it, uh, Lee Moriarty seemed a little grossed out. And he kept going over and getting a towel and trying to wipe off blood. And he's like, yuck. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, Moxley was bleeding during the house show event um, by the ear. And as you can see there, it's pretty profuse. And it kind of got all over. And then... Finally, we've got um, Claudio back in a Moriarty, and we get, of course, it doesn't you know get done without the spin, right? The uh, Cesaro spin, I'm gonna call it. So ultimately, we went for a count of 19 on this one, and I got some really great shots of them just going round and round. But that was just um you know nice classic to get the crowd into it, and then that eventually led us to the finish of the match where we did get the pin with Moxley on Moriarty. And then that is the end of this AEW House Rules Tour house show from Troy, Ohio. So um, the firm losing firmly to the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley and Claudio Casanoli, the Ring of Honor World Champion. So uh, great matchup here. Uh, a lot of back and forth, a lot of crowd action. Um, they stayed after John Moxley addressed the crowd and just kind of stated how he wanted to come back here, uh, how he likes coming home, and he doesn't like to buy plane tickets, so he likes to just drive up the road. Um, you also have – it's interesting because we have that rumor that he was mad that he had to work this event, but he didn't let it affect his performance that night. Um, also, Claudio came by, and, man, he was very personable. He was fist-bumping me, and he was you know talking with everybody, and, and he's just you know a good guy. You can tell he's got a good demeanor around him too. So I want to get into – that's the results. Let me get into my thoughts on this house show for us so aew again housing their first house show with the aew house rules tour and they picked ohio ohio is a wrestling hotbed and that's a great way to test where the live fan base is and does this thing actually going to work and is going to be successful i feel like the arena at hobart arena was a you know pretty good choice i was a little worried when i first went there because i wasn't really quite familiar with the area but you know, it was a nice little 3,000 person facility and they sold 90% of their gate. So I definitely say that was the right choice in the win for Tony Khan and company. Also, one of my favorite things about this show was they did not advertise a lot of matches, only a couple, but then that left me pleasantly surprised. We actually did a 10 count, 10 count before every match with the announcer. It got us in the crowd, 10, nine, eight, and it felt very Royal Rumble-like and you didn't know who was coming up the aisle. But the choice is, you weren't there for the match, you were there for the experience. And it was a great experience. 
And I definitely want to say shout out to AEW. Um, shout out to Anna J for, you know, giving me some love and coming over and, you know, interacting with me and Claudio for interacting and also Orange Cassidy. So um, they definitely did a great job with fan interaction, wrestling entertainment. And I guess my final thought. If you go, sometimes wrestling, we get in the world, especially on Twitter, where things get so critical in wrestling. If you go to a house show or a live event, let them entertain you. Just sit back, relax. You paid money, let them entertain you, right? And let them just give you the house experience or the live experience, right? And enjoy yourself. Um, you know, so that's my best advice and practice. My final thought is I did that. And I just enjoyed a night with one of my good friends and we hung out and we liked wrestling. We talked for wrestling for the two and a half car ride, hour car ride there and back. So that's everything I got for you guys. I just wanted to get a little something out here since this was the first AEW house show and um, it's historical, right? It was a historical event. So we now, you never get too many firsts nowadays. So I wanted to say thank you guys again. And then we're going to go ahead and head out here. And so... Like we always say around here, thanks for watching, like, share, subscribe, and it's not goodbye around here. Nope. Thank you guys. It's just game over.